Welcome to the Reach the Stars podcast, a collection of conversations with cool people who do cool things. Brought to you by Papercraft Miracles. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring stories of persistence, passion, and purpose. With your host, Jonna Willoughby-Lore. Welcome to the Reach the Stars podcast. I'm your host, Jonna Willoughby-Lore. This week, we're doing another recap of our favorite five questions that we ask at the end of every single show. Episodes 11 through 15. Episode 11, sharing what you've got with Amity Libby. So the first one is, tell me about an experience that you had that shaped who you are today. Like one of those, it was one moment. And after that one moment, you're like, wow, life is totally different now. I would say for me, that first time that happened, I had, I was an exchange student. I was like wicked young. I was 15. It was Hurricane Andrew in Florida, so we were supposed to be in Florida, but then they're like, we're just gonna, hey, go get another peach from mama. We were supposed to stay in Florida for like orientation, but they said, we're gonna just ship you right down to Venezuela. And it's gonna be a rapid process and we don't usually process you this quickly. But anyway, here we go. We can't stay in Florida because it's, you know, the hotel is full of hurricane refugees. Okay, fine. So we get in another plane and then we get on a bus and we get on another bus and you know it's like a long ass day for a 15 year old kid from the sticks so we finally roll into this conference center in the mountains of Caracas like we get off the bus they open the door and there's like 300 people in the room from all over the world of every color speaking every language And they let out a cheer and they said, we have been waiting for you to complete our group. The Americans came, the Americans are here. And it was like the United Nations party time. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, whoa, I just went from a town of like literally 50 people on the Canadian border Mm -hmm. where everyone is either white or, you know, Passamaquoddy indigenous to this land. And now I am here. And it's like a worldwide dance party with a bunch of kids my age that are different from me. And that was my like, I did it. Like you're in your basement going, I did it. I was like, I got out, you know, I, this is it. And then just really, you know, you talk about neural pathways being opened. Mm-hmm. My developing brain, that was a neural pathway that I was like, yes, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole for the rest of my life. Cause I am now a global citizen. I have been invited to this party and even though we were the last to arrive, here we are. And they've been waiting for us. So I love that because it didn't place like no offense to the United States, but we are not the greatest country on the planet. Mm-hmm. And walking into a room where people were glad we were there, but we were not the best people there. Right. It was just like, that's right. We're all in this equal game. And that affected my worldview for life. So long answer to the short question. (laughs) Okay, so number two, when you feel defeated or overcome, what do you tell yourself to keep going? You know, mostly when I'm in that space, I have to, I have to go outside. So I tell myself, go outside. (laughs) It always works, doesn't it? It does. And it takes me a long time to be like, just go outside. But then I do feel better. Me too. Even if it's just for like two minutes, it's just like, 
oh yeah, there's more than this. Yes. (laughs) A lot more than this. Tell me about a way that you overcame a failure or a mistake and what you learned from it. Um, so what I, one of the biggest regrets of my life is that I, I, I'm mouthy, I'm very mouthy. I'm a mouthy person. Same. I use that in a way that has hurt people. I got better to call the I applaud the girl who told me to my face, you're being a bitch and I don't like your behavior. And I said, tell me what's, what am I, what, what, is, what about me don't you like? And she broke it down. I had never heard it put that way. That changed the course of how I treated other people. Sometimes you just gotta take it. And I, I had been giving it for so long. I needed to take it and I took it. So that's, sometimes you just gotta take it. I definitely had an experience, a similar experience too, where somebody like called me out on my bullshit and they were publicly in front of a lot of people. And I was like, like so embarrassed that like my ears were ringing and everything looked orange. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like literally going to die from embarrassment right now. But, um, it, it really totally changed the way that I present myself to other people. And that I'm just like, if you're not going to be true about who you are to other people, like why even bother being? <laughs> so if, like, if you're going to be mouthy, make sure you're willing to take the lumps that come with it. Mm-hmm. Make, sure you, make sure you're using it for the, for the shot you want to take. Don't take the cheap shots anymore. Yeah. And so that's what I've done. I'm really picky with when I come out with it. Mm-hmm. And I offend so many people when I do. And I'm able to say, I picked this shot for a reason. And here they are. As opposed to, you're right, that is really petty. Yeah. So, I think it's really hard when you have a lot to say and are very opinionated and you want people to hear you. But maybe your motives aren't what they should be. Yeah. Yeah, like... Let it, let them all around in your brain for a little while and make sure that it's like the right way and the right place and the right time to let that animal out of the cage, kind of. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like the number one reason that I play music in my band and that like, that's my outlet. Cause I was like, you know, yeah, we can, we can, we can unleash the beast together and have like this unified front as like, this is our message that we're putting out there. And, you know, it's, it's not just me and we're, and we're sharing it out to people who are going to learn from it or who already are on that side of the fence and are really appreciative that they're not the only ones who feel that way. So it's been yeah. great having that. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah. I mean, we could go into this topic for a long time. I've learned a lot from other people calling out my behavior takes a really strong person to do that (laughs) does for sure okay so number four what is one trait or habit that's most responsible for your success and keeping you on track you're like i tune out the noise that's how i'm successful no (laughs) Literally, no, in college, that was, I lived in a freshman dorm my senior year. And this girl was like, why don't you party? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm done. And second of all, I just don't even pay attention to you girls. Like, you're 
19 and it's fun for you, but I'm busy painting, right? But yeah, um, you know, <laughs> the best thing I could have done for my muscles artistically was when I was an exchange student, I made a commitment to write every single day. And I think when you're into something, you should do it every single day. And if you suck at it, who cares? Um, so that's just it. If you really like it, show up for it every day. Practice. You'll never regret. You will never regret the time you put in showing up for something that makes you feel alive. Oh, I love that. I want to like make a shirt that says that. <laughs> you should make a shirt that says that. Put it on your website. No, buy it. My website's going to have a shirt that says Oxfo Como Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Oxford County. I'm always thinking of so many things. I'm like, I could put that on a shirt. I could put that on a shirt. And then I never I do. I'm like, we need to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I know. I keep coming up with all these quotes and I'm like, that's too long to put on a shirt. <laughs> it's always too long for a shirt. I'm like, I need like a three word phrase. I don't have those. Um, Okay, so number five, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And what advice would you give to other people? So when I was going through my crisis of conscience about whether I should work for a system that I believe was broken during the Kavanaugh hearings, I went to my mentor. I was teaching gifted students. And I was in grad school for gifted education. And she had been the woman that I replaced. She's in her, whatever, 60s. So I called her crying. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, this does not sit well with me. Yeah. She goes, do you care if you quit? Does it matter to you? Do you care? And I go, no. She goes, if you don't care, it doesn't matter. Boom, I didn't care. I could go and stand up for what I thought was right because the outcome, whatever it was, I was okay with it. That's the best advice I've ever had. What was the second part of your question? Uh, and what advice would you give to other people? Um, to go and read Paul Torrance's manifesto for gifted children and apply it to yourself, whether you think you are gifted or not. Ooh, I'm going to write that down. I read, listen to this. His last name is Torrance, like the city in California. Okay. That's also like when I read that, I'm like, permission to break set okay got it but so many of us don't get that yeah <laughs> i just love your your whole energy and you're just like i'm gonna do what i love and people are gonna take it or people are gonna leave it and it's i mean it's obvious from your instagram that people are like i'm gonna take this all day because they just they just love that sunshine that you put out there i mean it's like you know obviously paper flowers are just so beautiful and they make people happy but the way that you make it accessible for so many people and that you're you know willing to to share content with people um that doesn't necessarily bring money in your door and that you you know make it a point to put your your beliefs and your politics like right up out there in your company and there's a lot of companies that are you know before two weeks ago really important to do that I'm a hardcore Christian. I'm the cussing, swearing, hot smoking Christian. And I am here to say that King Solomon told us a gift opens the way for a giver. Like, why are we not giving everything away? This is the message, right? Not 
not take, 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 give, 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 right? And when you start giving away your gifts, well, what happens? Expansion. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, it's like that stupid candle lighting ceremony at graduation. It's like, oh, I have the light. Okay, you light your candle. Okay, now all the grads have their candle. It's like, no, that's so true, right? Mm-hmm. You have to share what you've got. Why not? It's like a lonely little flame without it. Oh, I love it. It's so <laughs> Episode 12, Life Alchemy with Josh Tan. Okay. The first question is, tell me about an experience that you had in your life that changed who you are. Like one moment where after that one moment, you're like, whoa, everything is totally different. Oh, wow. Getting into... Um... There was this one, there was this one minute, like when I first started to meditate, I used apps on my phone and they get you to like a certain point where then I went to a meditation class with a, with a monk, with a venerable Buddhist monk. His name is Thupten Punsak, one of my teachers, He's been a venerable monk for over 20 years. And in that meditation, he guided us so well that I could actually feel my brain and at that point I well, I kind of freaked out I was like well I've never felt my brain before and from that point on I was like well meditation is some other some other stuff I gotta check this out the real way like no apps I gotta figure out how people really do this like the pros that is so cool now I think about it I'm like I'm pretty sure that I feel my brain all the time but I don't know how to not feel my brain <laughs> Maybe it's because I get a lot of headaches, so I'm, I'm pretty uh, in tune to the way that my brain feels inside of my head. Uh, okay, number two. When you feel defeated or overcome, what do you tell yourself to keep going? This is part of the process. Trust yourself. Trust the process. This is what you want. This is leading to something better. Okay. Um, number three. Tell me about a way that you overcame a failure or a mistake. And what you learned from it. So in the business world, when starting a business, there have been a lot of things I've done that I I would claim as mistakes. But the overcoming of it or getting through it is seeing where you see what worked and what didn't work, and then creating it again, leaning on the positive. So this goes for launching events, launching offerings, writing emails, working with clients. Um, all those things, you're going to mess up. And the fastest way to get through it is don't look at it as a mess up. Don't look at it as a failure. Just look at it as a way of learning. Okay. Question number four, what one trait or habit is most responsible for keeping you on track? That's a great question. I've never been asked that before. (laughs) I would say I have a really powerful level of self-awareness and with that self-awareness seeing like okay i'm not so productive today i don't feel good today i've been you know not watching what i eat and how i sleep for so long and i see that i'm procrastinating and i can see that i'm distracting myself with that level of self-awareness being able to make like the opposite choice which is really a uh, a muscle that you have to train 
to like do the thing that you're avoiding, do the thing that you're uncomfortable with, do the thing that um, is unknown and like kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes sense. I, I certainly have noticed myself like not eating as well as I should be and definitely not sleeping as much as I probably should be. Um, throughout the pandemic, sleeping is definitely harder for me. It was never hard for me before the pandemic. And now I just like, I can't shut my brain off at night. It just keeps thinking. It's not necessarily thinking about things that are bad, but I just like keep thinking. And I think it's more being more aware of how short life can be that I'm just like, I can't take any minute to not like think about stuff and deal with stuff and plan and scheme and reflect, you know, it's just like, how could I sleep when I have all this stuff to do, you know, life to the fullest. All right. Number five, the, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? And what piece of advice would you give to other people? Mm, The best piece of advice that I've ever received. Well, I received um, some advice recently. There's two ways to solve a problem. Avoid it or go through it. And I think that's a powerful piece of advice. That's one I'm taking for myself to work on. And then something I would offer to everyone else is that whatever you're seeking is seeking you. Hmm. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Um, So from a metaphysical standpoint, like what you're seeking is a vibration. So if you're seeking love, you're seeking for the vibration of love. If you're seeking abundance, that's the vibration of abundance. And those two vibrations from outside, abundance is trying to come to you. It just wants, it just, you just need to accept it, it in its forms. Love is trying to come to you. You just need to accept it in its forms because you're not, you're never given a desire that you're not capable of completing. Mm-hmm. Some way, somehow, you have all the talents, all the skills inside of you to make your wildest dreams come true. So is there an aspect to that that you have to, it might not be coming to you in the form that you expect it would be, but you have to be open to however it shows up? Definitely. Yeah, it might not be the form you're expecting. Um, which is where the mind gets in the way. The mind gets in the way with things like expectations, distractions, um, attachments. And then when you're not open to it, you're actually actively blocking it. So you have to open up into like receiving and allowing what is to come to you. Awesome. (laughs) I think I have to work on that. I always have to work on that, I think. Episode 13. A different view with Kanishka. The first question is, tell me about an experience that changed who you are today. Like a single moment that after that moment, everything was different. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I think it's a accumulation of things, but I, I guess I can think, okay. Uh, I think it was eighth or ninth grade. Um, and I had this, like, I was just not feeling good for months and I was trying to figure out why. And then once I, f- I realized that I was, it, w- it was really silly to think about, but I was really sad that I couldn't experience everything in the world in my lifetime. And that made me really sad. Um, 
And then um, that, that made it really difficult for me to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I had this just, you know, through that crunch that I had a realization that um, I don't need to experience everything in life because there's other people out there experiencing those things. And that definitely, uh, that just made me feel good. And I think that made me look at the world from more of a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of transitioned to the rest of my life from like that moment. That's awesome. I was, I was listening to this podcast and the the people on it were talking about a similar thing about kind of feeling the fear of missing out, you know, Mm -hmm. like intense fear of missing out about not being able to do everything. And, but they were talking about it in relation to having um, reincarnation and many past lives. And it's just like, you don't have to worry too much about doing it all in this life because you've done it all before. Um, and you'll do it all again. And, and, you know, each life you get to do different things and you continue having lives until you've done all the things you're supposed to do. Um, and I just like that it kind of, um, that your take on it was that like someone else is also doing those things and having those experiences. And I like that kind of mashing the two together. It's like, yeah. it could be you or it could be somebody else, but really we're, it's all us because yeah. we, we are all one as they say. <laughs> Yep. Um, okay. So number two, when you feel defeated or overcome, what do you tell yourself to keep going? I have it written here. Um, close your eyes and feel the single point of energy in all areas of your body. That is your existence. <laughs> I love that. You're like, I have it right here on a post-it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's, I'm starting, a, I'm doing, I'm running a business. It happens more often <laughs> than you'd think. So it's like, I have to read that like once a week. That does not have posted stuck on their computer screen. Like, what are you doing? Where do you put them? Oh my God, that is so many posted. <laughs> I don't have that many posted, but it's pretty funny. Mostly because I, somebody, get, you know, you when you get like those swag bags and they have those like packages of the shitty posted's and they yeah. just don't stick and they fall off. All the ones on my computer are the ones that fall off, so they're actually <laughs> in a big pile in front of my desk. Um, okay, number three. Tell me about a way that you overcame a failure or a mistake and what you learned from it. Um, I think uh, reading, reading is a, is a big, big one. Um, So when you work with a lot of clients, like sometimes it's, you know, you can do your best, but sometimes your clients aren't happy. So, uh, you know, you, even if you like, it's, it's just in nature, you're going to make mistakes. And then so, when it's with like other people in their business, it becomes really difficult. Um, and then there's like a follow, follow through and you, you know, you fix it eventually. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up. Like I'll do everything in my ability and like, here, take my life and my soul. Like I will fix this for you. But there's a period of time that you feel really, really bad about yourself. Um, and I think, uh, the way I deal with that is by reading, um, something that gives me more of a broader perspective than my little, little box that I live in here. Yeah. Like taking, taking the time to learn something new and say, okay, next time, because I know this now I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number four, what one trait or habit is most responsible for keeping you on track? Um, I think, uh, I would say, I would say consistency and dedication. Um, 
because there's a lot of different traits and habits that I've had. I wake up at six in the morning sometimes and I have good workout regimens and I have good diets and like, I try all kinds of things, but like I'm consistently trying things. So Mm -hmm. that consistent, um, effort is probably the habit that keeps me going. Awesome. Okay. And number five, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten and what advice would you give to other people? Um, the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten was that you're never too busy. Um, you can always make time. It's just only that just, it's determined by if you really want to. Um, so I have, I have that in front of me as well. Like you can make time if you want to. Um, so, and the piece of advice that I would give somebody, honestly, I'm really early in my journey. Like, I don't know what I don't know. Um, but based on what I do know, um, I think just don't, don't get stuck up on your mistakes. I think just, uh, look past them and kind of live, live in, live in the moment. Like, don't like, like, okay, that's contradictory, but don't look, don't look too far into the future. Don't look too far into the past. You live where you are and do the best that you can. That is so perfect. (laughs) Um, one of our, one of our other past episodes, um, their, their advice for this question was to own the suck. (laughs) (laughs) and just own the fact that sometimes you're going to fail and that you have to find a way to learn from that. And like, same deal, like don't get hung up on it. Um, Well, actually, if I could, if I could give one more, um, find a good balance with your personal life, your business life, your goals and all those things. If you have a good balance with everything and you know how to enjoy yourself, um, you can do anything. I need to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm one of those people that is, you know, my, my stress response is to add more things to my plate, um, (laughs) instead of taking things off of my plate, which is what most people do. Um, so if I'm freaked out about something, I'm like, I'm going to start a new project. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have even less free time. Um, but, uh, having new projects makes me really excited. So it's just like, helps me kind of forget about the things that aren't working as well, because I'm excited about doing something else. Um, episode 14. Mountains of Joy with Michael Farrell. Um, the first one is, tell me about an experience or a single moment that changed who you are today. Single moment that changed who I am today was definitely, hmm, definitely the first time I sang harmony. Hmm. I accidentally sang the harmony when I was, I, I guess accidentally, I was like four or five. I just started singing harmonies around with anything and everything. And I remember one day I was like on a, on the steps and this piano teacher was like, you can harmonize and you're five. And she's like, you have to come to class. And so I started taking piano lessons at five because that one day when I just, cause I just harmonized with everything. I didn't, I didn't think about it. It just, I could hear it. So, yeah. Oh, that, that make, like makes my soul heart happy because my my oldest son is super musical like that. I mean, he was like playing drums on the floor before he could sit up, taking <laughs> like, his feet to music as like a tiny tiny infant, and like his musical ear is just crazy. Like he can hear so many like all, almost any song from the nineties comes on the radio. He knows what the song is. He knows who the band is. He's like five. It's so awesome. 
and uh, just that he can, while one song is playing, he could sing a totally other song just out of his head, and it like doesn't derail him at all. He's just like, oh, oh yeah, he's got he got it, got the permanence. He can hear it. Oh, yeah, that's so I'm I'm hopeful that once there's uh once the world opens up, we'll have to have like a, a Mike Farrell and and kids jam session. Oh, uh, that'd be fun! I love I love playing music with kids playing percussion. Uh the best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all excited about playing playing bass and playing guitar now too. Um, which is so freaking cute. He's a dope oh. drummer, but he's just like, Oh, but I want to play guitar, I want to do this. I'm like, okay, play whatever you want, kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number two. Yeah. When you feel defeated or overcome, what do you tell yourself to keep going? Um, that first thing I tell myself is it's okay to feel this way and just feel this way for a minute. Um, for too long, I would be like, <sighs> like I would do this whole entire like mental like thing to try to get my, now I just say like, you got defeated, you mad, be mad. And, <laughs> and I give myself permission now to be upset and defeated, um, for way too long. I would never give myself permission to feel like I, okay, I tried and I failed. And so I would just, I keep trying without like just allowing myself to feel that hurt. And I, yeah, now I just allow myself to be mad. <laughs> That's good. I think I need to do that more often. <laughs> okay. Number three, tell me about a way that you overcame a failure or a mistake and what you learned from it. Ooh, let's see. Uh, well, because I was an educator, pretty much every day was a failure and a mistake. Um, like, I mean, that's what, that's what teaching is, is literally failing in front of kids and then like fixing it. And then like, and so I think like, yeah, that would be like, that is immediately what goes to my mind. Like, cause every day you would have like this amazing idea for an lesson that you're like, this is totally going to work. This is totally going to grab them. And then it doesn't. And so then, by, <laughs> and, and you're like, uh, like it, yeah, it was a lot of working. It's a lot of stopping and like being reflective enough to realize like, this is not the end. You can try again. And I think that's where I'm at. It's like realizing that no matter what experience it is that I've failed at or didn't get getting there, I can I can try again. It's not the end. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, it's funny because like that whole like failing in front of children. That's also what parenting is. <laughs> Every day you're like, I'm going to do so great at this. And then you like yell at them for something stupid and you're like why did I yell at you I don't even know what I'm doing I'm sorry I'm <laughs> um, okay number four um what one trait or habit is most responsible for keeping you on track uh that's easy it's writing every day um I write every single day like I don't try to write a whole song like I'm doing with this current project like this, like October writing thing, but I usually write something every day. Um, whether it be like half of a song, whether it be some lyrics, whether it be a lick or something that I do, but I write something every single day um, that I don't get to criticize. Like, so I write it and it's there. And some of those things like end up coming back and being really big songs. Like people have been 
like like respond to a song and i'm like i wrote that four years ago and thought it was crud so like like, uh, it's writing every day for me is is yeah i have to i have a follow-up question so when you're writing stuff are you like the super organized writer that keeps all the song lyrics in the song lyric book and the poems in the poem book or whatever or do you like have like a random collection of like the back of a pizza box and a bunch of napkins and shit um i'm the pizza box and napkins kind of person so if you go to like my desk right now there's like a pile of papers and i haven't quite figured out the habit of like where i go back system systematically and like get all of the good ideas that were there before they usually just fall in my lap like i'm picking them up and i'm like oh that was a good one i should probably work on that one again i probably would have like even more work if i actually was systemic about it but it's just like the point isn't necessarily that I'm going to use any of that art and stuff that I'm making. The point is that it's out of me. Mm-hmm. And like, instead of just sitting in there and spiraling over and over again, for a long time, I wasn't writing a lot. And, and I, but I was trying real hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was trying really hard to write, but I wasn't actually doing it. So I, I like, I, I think that, yeah, writing every, writing every day has been a, it's a huge one awesome I think I need to do more writing every day I had a teacher in college because when I was in high school I used to write like dozens of poems every single day I mean I would go through like one of those like big fat five subject spiral bound notebooks like (laughs) every couple weeks just like you know because that was poetry was my one creative outlet when I was in high school I didn't do music and visual art and all this other stuff and my, I had a teacher in college because I would turn in these poems and it would be like this stack of poems. There's like eight. <laughs> They're all about the same thing. And he would be like, OK, so all of these poems are all about the same. Like you're trying to write about the same topic, the same thing that's bothering you, the same thing you're thinking about. He's like, I want to give you an assignment to not write right away and to let those poems kind of like knock around in your head until all eight of these poems that are kind of meh, they're all like trying to grab it. Let it kind of simmer and marinate in your head for a couple more days until all eight of these poems converge to be like one really good poem that really says what you're trying to say. And at the time I was like, all right, I'm going to try and do that. And it was actually for me really super helpful because now I like think of the idea and let it kind of knock around. But I've I started, it. you know, after my like many, many years of being a total stoner, I have gotten better at if I get an idea, I will write just that idea on a list in a notebook. So that like, <laughs> I can't let it knock around too long because I'll forget I was going to write about it in the first place. But um, I, it, it's helpful for me that I can write like one really good poem instead of like eight kind of meh. But well, what, like usually, and that's usually, and usually I do, when I say I write, it's like a verse or maybe a verse and a chorus or like a chord progression. Like mm-hmm. I don't go much further than that. Like if you go to the voice memos on my phone, oh my Lord, there's so many little musical, like little notes and ideas. And I'll, if I'm stuck, I will fall through them and like, flick through and see like oh hey this is something but right now like like is a little bit different but normally it's just a little like like you're the idea so it's just the idea yeah I totally I I, it was it was hard as hell for me to to stop like 
just <laughs> out of my face every single day. <laughs> <laughs> All this stuff. Um, and I, I think my happy medium is kind of somewhere in between that, you know, but like yeah. making an effort to at least document the ideas every day. Um, and then let them kind of congeal into something awesome. Cause when I, when I sit down to write a poem, typically if I'm going to write it, like the whole thing is coming out like all at once, I might edit it a little bit later, but it's usually like way more than is necessary. And I like pull some of it out. So yeah. I think it's good to kind of let oh, it, always overwrite, always, let it always overwrite around a little bit. Okay. So the last question is what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and what advice would you give to other people? Um, the best piece of advice I ever got was finish a song. Um, like for the longest time I had, um, I would, I had zygotes and half babies of songs. Like they were just not, and I would then think they're awful because they weren't finished and then leave them. And then I go back and I'm like, no, they were good. I just couldn't figure out finish the song even if it's finished wrong you can always go back and change it but mm -hmm. finish the song um and the best advice i would give is perform your work or let someone else see your work like before it's a point where it's like a lot of people seeing your work so that means like for musicians, it's going to an open mic, going to a songwriting circle, going someplace where people can you can see how people respond to it before you get to the show and the, <laughs> you're expecting them to you don't know. Like that was a, like that's what I would give, like perform it for somebody. I have a lot of friends that are beat makers and songwriters that like in their bedrooms. That's cool. Put it somewhere for people to actually engage with it. Like give people a chance to hate it. So then you can make some more. It's not the end of your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Episode 15, Wild Possibilities with Molly Mandelberg. Number one, tell me about an experience in your life, like a single moment that changed who you are today. <sighs> um single moment there's been so many of them I'm like trying to I mean t speaking of soul recognition I'll just go there and say the first time I met my first love I had been walking through the world with this agreement of I'll never fall in love because I had seen my grandparents so madly in love and then my grandmother died and then my grandfather died and I had like made this decision in life that I'll never fall in love because even if you live happily ever after one of you has to die first and that all went out the window when I met my first love and I had this radical transformation of recognizing it is absolutely better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Um, so that was a huge transformation for me, becoming someone who is willing to care after being sort of cold and heartless for a while. <laughs> it is. It's, it's definitely a risk uh, putting yourself out there to, to love somebody else like that. Yeah. It certainly is. Um, but it's totally, it is totally worth it. Uh, okay. Number two, when you feel defeated or overcome, what do you tell yourself to keep going? 
I have an amazing set of tools called Access Consciousness. It's like a whole school of thought that's like law of attraction on steroids. It's so much fun. But one of the core tools in Access is to ask questions. So whenever I get to that kind of stuck place or that really like I can feel the trauma and the drama rising up and like feel defeated, I ask questions. And some of the questions I would ask are what else is possible here? What's right about this that I'm not getting? Who am I today? What grand and glorious adventures will I be having or creating? Um, what else is possible and how does it get any better than this are the main ones. And also recognizing we're empathic creatures and that we're picking up on other people's shit most of the time. Excuse my language. I forget if I can swear on the show. Or not. <laughs> yeah, 99.99% of the stuff that we're feeling on a regular basis, especially when it comes up like that, like really aggressively, it's often not ours. And if we ask the question, who does this belong to and say return to center with consciousness attached, it actually lifts some of that garbage off of us so that we can be ourselves again without other people's stuff. So those are a bunch of like, I just gave you six tools or something like that. But those are the kinds of stream of consciousness questions I start asking myself to get back into the energy of me and the energy of ease, joy and glory, um, which is all from accessconsciousness.com if y'all want to check it out. That's awesome. I started reading this book um, written by John Edward, the, the TV medium kid mm-hmm. show in the nice. Um, and it was about like, just starting your journey into like intuition and, and psychic intuition and stuff like that. And he talks a lot in there about having psychic self-defense mm-hmm. and kind of having your own little safe word as a way to block out like negative psychic energy that's attaching to you and that's just what that makes me think of yeah totally who does this belong to does that that's the same thing yeah where is this coming from it ain't me babe (laughs) not mine send it back not mine (laughs) okay number three tell me about a way that you overcame a failure or a mistake and what you learned from it Yeah. So speaking of course creation and like program development, my first two or three courses were total flops. I did it all wrong. I didn't market it well. I didn't name it right. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was serving. I didn't know who I was marketing it to or how to market it well or have any audience to really market it to any of that. And by doing that wrong and not giving up and pivoting and making it a learning opportunity and just taking what I got out of it by the experience and then doing it again and getting mentorship and getting resources and just studying the crap out of it. Those failures made me good enough at this that I can confidently share that knowledge in a program of its own now, which is so meta. But I think that I'm going to call out my own generation and say that millennials have a little bit of a, you know, uh, participation award, um, kind of issue where we think, oh, we played, we did our best. Oh, well, it didn't work out when really, if we were willing to just fail a hundred times a day by doing, by trying, by moving forward, that we would learn so much and we would be capable of so many more things. Um, but we have to be willing to fail first. So I learned a lot by screwing those programs up and I learned a lot by running my business bad. And I've learned a lot about how to run a business the better way um, by doing it all the wrong ways first. So be willing to screw up. Whoever's listening, this message is for you. Be willing to screw up. <laughs> I had a similar <laughs> message in episode five, which was titled failing relentlessly. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> yes. continue failing, fail so often that uh, 
you only track the yeses, you know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shoot for notes. Enjoy the yeses more. Definitely. Exactly. Okay. So number four, what one trait or habit is most responsible for keeping you on track? I think really being mindful of my mindset. Um, I think that's the most important thing to me when I notice that everything's kind of going to shit or that, you know, I don't feel well or that I'm not happy or that work is going poorly. I return back to how am I taking care of my mind today? So whether that's taking a walk with the dog, whether that's doing yoga or whether that's meditating, I I'll say writing morning and night before I get out of bed and before I go to sleep at night, I write a full page of basically positive aspects and like convincing my mind that things are going well for me, writing is a huge mindset tool. And I encourage anyone who can muster up the strength to write anything to do that. But in general, mindset is definitely the most important thing, I think, to not giving up and to actually living your life in a state of joy and bliss. And there are so many tools out there. There's so many resources to harness your mind and to control your mind. And it's not easy at first. It's really struggle and it's hard, but it's a practice. And if we are willing to do the practice, the reward is like beyond what anyone could ever imagine, like really blissful orgasmic states of being that anyone can have access to if they just harness the mind. So I would say mindset in general and writing more specifically. That's awesome. A random, totally random other question. How do you get mail when you, dr- when you drive around all the time? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> two ways I have a, it's called anytime mailbox. That's for my business and that they scan in my mail, which I don't, I don't get any mail there. That's just so that I have a business address. Um, and then I have my mom open my mail at her house, but packages are kind of complicated. I, if I'm going to get a package, I have to like send it to the next friend's house that I know I'm going to be at in a few weeks or months or Amazon lockers work for packages. If I need to buy something online. Cool. I was just really curious. I was like, how do you do? My mom opens my mail. Short answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Number five, what one piece of advice that's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and what advice would you give to other people? The best advice I've ever gotten. Um, I think being you is a contribution that's back to access consciousness. I think that someone gave me permission to be more of myself. I don't know who gave it to me. I I feel like that's been a theme coming at me from many different mentors and guides that being me is the key to being happy. And it's also the key to making the difference that I want to make on this planet, not to try and mimic some other expert or to mimic some other person in your life who you think is awesome, but to like really stand in who the fuck are you and why are you here and what's special about that? And how can you be more of that? And what would it take to give yourself permission to be all of that? And that that is actually a contribution here on this planet that I think is the advice that's helped shape me the most and helped shape my life the most. Um, cause I don't, I mean, you can tell, I don't really live anybody else's life. I'm very much doing my own version of what living in a body should look like. And the advice that I would give to others is in addition to that, to be you, to be unapologetically you and unapologetically obey the laws of your own nature. I would say, we already talked about failing, being willing to go big. I mean, I think just to not give up, 
there's a lot of people I think right now who are recognizing that the job they've been doing that now they can't do or that they're doing from home isn't really fulfilling for them and that there are other ways to make a living. There are other ways to live your life that I would say, stay curious. Don't give up on figuring out what that is. Be willing to let that inner call call you forward to seeking it out and let that curiosity sort of run your life until you figure out who you want to be and what you want to do. And don't be afraid to ask for support, whether that's from a neighbor helping you move boxes or whether that's from a mentor helping you set things up and figure it out. I think the people who have decided something is impossible have shut the door on every possibility. And if you're willing to just not know, but you're willing to figure it out and get help figuring it out, absolutely anything is possible. And so, yeah, back to mindset, get curious, ask big questions, take bold action and remember that you're here for a reason. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. I usually try to think of like a couple, like one or two quotes from each show that I throw into the show notes. And I'm like, it's going to be so hard to pick two from this show. (laughs) Awesome. I got to say, this has gone in so many places that I've never been interviewed to go to these places. So this is really great. That makes me really happy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. A single interaction has the power to change your life forever. This is a place for the stories of those moments. Stories of pursuing dreams, overcoming tragedy and failure, of coming back to life after so much of what feels like dying, of continuing on with only a vision as a map. This is the place where those moments live on. Come sit by the fire, look up at the stars, and be forever changed too. Thank you for being with us on the Reach the Stars podcast. Our theme music is generously provided by Byrocratic. You can find him on Bandcamp.com. Thank you to all of our current patrons, guests, and everyone else who helps make this dream a reality. We are so proud to be building this amazing community with all of you. If you love this podcast, please consider sharing with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes, and becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash reach the stars. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the videos of these conversations. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, do something cool and tell us about it.